0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you are listening, holy crap, <laughs> this is Nothing to Say, the fans podcast episode, I believe, 56, are we on 56?
1: Bro, it doesn't matter at this point. I
0: think I don't think it really does matter at this point. Um, welcome back, everybody, from a two-week break from the show, which I will take full responsibility for. That was my fault that we were away for two weeks. Um, as most of you know, I'm uh, a Marine in the United States Marine Corps Reserve, and I just had my two week training. So I just got back literally yesterday, and we tried to make it work when I was gone, but I was just I was working so much that it just it we weren't able to uh to to make it to make it work, which is unfortunate because it was right at the heat of uh, the end of the NBA regular season and right into the beginning of the playoffs. So we have a mm-hmm. lot. A lot to make up for on this show. Um, but hopefully we're going to be getting back to going uh, once a week, maybe even twice a week, depending on the week. Um, I have a pretty fre- flexible schedule now, and I think Sam does too. So we're going to try to be, again, back to uh, once a week. So thank you guys for being patient with us. Our anniversary episode did really, really well. Um, surprisingly, still getting listens two weeks after um, um, we released it, which doesn't normally happen. So I, it's been nice to see that, Whatever audience we have is still, uh, there are new people still listening to it every day. We just crossed 2,400 listens for the uh, podcast. So, uh, thank you guys so much for being patient with us and um, for all the support. Uh, we definitely owe you a good show <laughs> for today after being away for a while. Um, so, we'll start the show like we always do. Sam, it's been a while since we've been on here. Uh, how you been?
1: Yeah, I think, Jason, I've been good, man. Uh, I think this break's really been a blessing in disguise for us because we, when we were doing this podcast on a regular basis, we were like kind of struggling to find content to talk about. And now we have the entire NBA restart. We have the PGA championships going on. We have mm-hmm. baseball coming back. Like we are flooded with things to talk about. And I think this show is going to be really great.
0: Yeah, it's been a nice. Uh, it's actually been. There hasn't been a. Other than maybe last week, but last week was more just top. Not last week; two weeks ago, that was more topics that we were creating as opposed to actual storylines. But it's it has been a minute since we've had an influx of actual sports-related topics to uh, to hit on. So it's we're kind of spoiled right now, which is which is really nice because there's there's almost too much to talk about in that sense. No, there's never too much. Well, too much for a two-hour show. um so we're uh, we're gonna do our best plus there's a ton of movie news that just came out dc fandom just happened and a new tenant that got released it's it's just madness right now that's a good time to be alive if you're a sports and entertainment fan and we uh, do
1: have to address too as we're uh native californians just everything that's yes. going on in this state right now of a seemingly an annual thing of this state is just caught on fire in some places and if uh any of our listeners have been affected by the fires have been uh had to move or they're uh anything that has happened to them in their lives um our condolences have gone out to you guys um i mean we're pretty we're not we're probably like an hour out from some fires and our air quality is pretty poor here in the sacramento area so um just our thoughts are going out to everyone that's been affected
0: yeah, and I was actually—I'm not going to disclose where I was. I was near the fires. Um, I was about ten minutes out from the fires when they when the initial onslaught happened, um, and it was there was I, t- I ended up taking a picture one day and sending it to my parents. It just looked like there was a dome of smoke over the sky. Um, it was—it was pretty. I mean, I can't think of another word other than just kind of scary not because like you were afraid that you know like i mean in the sense that i had never seen anything like that before was i like terrified no but it was just a scary image to look at just because mm-hmm. it was there was the no sky's gone Yes. Yeah, <laughs> literally yeah the sky yeah. was gone um and i i hadn't been that close to something like that before and the air quality was horrific and i honestly that was part of the reason why once we were done with our big movement of training, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, our unit was trying to kick us out um, as early as possible during the day because they didn't want us to be outside for a long period of time. Now, we had to be outside because we were working outside, but they were, were trying to get us, you know, back into our hotels as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it as as Sam said, condolences to anybody who's been affected by uh, by the fires. And if you are listening and you have been affected by the fires, then you know we hope we can provide uh, some entertainment for you today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. without further ado, let's jump right into it. We missed, at least, not actually missed, but the show missed uh, the end of the NBA regular season. And for us, uh, you know, the, at least for Sam and I, the draw was one. Yes, basketball was back, but two, you know, our team was in the bubble. The Kings were in the bubble, and they had, uh, at the start heading into the bubble, the Kings had their previous ten games before the bubble. They were 7-3. and three. Um, They were playing their best basketball. They seem to be, and it's hard to say peaking at the right time when you're not a playoff team, but they were peaking at the right time just in the sense that they were making that playoff push. And then they come to the bubble, and then they lose – four straight right was it four straight or three straight
1: oh my I think it was just three okay it
0: was it was just um I can look back at it but the whole the whole thought process of the Kings making the playoffs for us was immediately just pumped like just Mm -hmm. completely out um and it, it was so sad like they they play the Spurs Mm -hmm. Right. So I have the schedule right in front of me. They play the Spurs, a team that I don't want to say that they should be because they were right around where the Kings should be. But it's a game that it's a game that when you're looking at who they were playing in the bubble, that's a game that they needed. And it's no it was no
1: uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, who's arguably their best player. So right.
0: So they they drop that game. Then they play the Magic, which is a team, (laughs) you know, you for the Kings. And I know it's hard to say for the Kings because the Kings are such a terrible team. Like, they should win that game. On paper, they should win that game. And they got crushed. Um, and then they play the Mavericks, who are a much better team, and they barely lose to the Mavericks. So they immediately, right off the bat, they drop three straight. And then they, you think, okay, well, maybe if they just win out, but for the Kings, that's impossible because nothing good happens to the Kings. <laughs> so they beat the Pelicans, and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's one. And then they lose to the Nets, they lose to the Rockets, they beat the Pelicans again. And then all of a sudden they um, beat the Lakers at the very end, and you're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. it was it was just tough because the idea of making the playoffs for the Kings was gone immediately once they lost those first three games.
1: Yeah, I think it's it sucks that we couldn't have talked about it um, initially when all this was going down, like when they were about to play San Antonio, and immediately after yeah. they lose to Orlando because just the things that are racing through our heads as Kings fans. Like it's been 15 years since the Sacramento Kings as a franchise has won a playoff game. That's only, I'm only six years older than that stretch of time. (laughs) So pretty much my whole entire, everything I know as a basketball fan has been Kings are are garbage. Right. Yeah. And we go into this bubble. We, first off again, we have, Two, two to three months where we're just sitting and just wrapping our heads around, you know what, the Kings, when we last saw them, they were on a 13-9 and nine stretch, playing the best basketball they had played all year. Uh, Bogdanovich was inserted to the starting lineup. They looked much better as a team. Buddy was playing well off the bench. He looked rejuvenated. Uh, Fox was taking a step. And Marvin Bagley was coming back from injury. Yeah. So that hiatus actually worked so well for the Kings and their young team so we thought well maybe they're going to take another step and this team is really going to take it and make the playoffs and then to come out the San Antonio game was hard because they outplayed San Antonio it felt like and then their just defense was so poor which was (laughs) pretty much the only constant in the Kings game was that their defense was pretty much awful throughout the whole uh, bubble Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. That's pretty safe to say. They gave up a forty-point quarter to the San Antonio Spurs, who statistically aren't one of the best offensive teams in the league, right?
2: Right.
1: And then, so you. Oh, well, that's just one game. And then you go to Orlando, and Orlando's already in the playoffs. They're not really playing for seeding, and the Kings are fighting for their playoff lives. So you expect the Kings to come out with some urgency, and they just give up huge quarters after huge quarters and they get blown out by her, like
0: didn't even show up. Well, and to put credence to that, the Kings gave up in their in their eight games in the bubble, 129, 132, 114, I mean, yeah, 114, 125, 119, 129, 106 and 122. Wow. They they didn't have a game minus let's see I was going to say, that, was, that would have been really bad. But there wasn't a game where they didn't give up more than, um, was it, is it 115? I think it was 150 points, minus that Mavericks game, when they gave up um, uh, 114, and then they had one Pelicans game where it was 106. But everything else was above 115 the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it doesn't make any sense, because you hear from the players, they're all saying the right things. Like, we want it, we want to put Sacramento on the map and then they just come out flat. Yeah. It's, I don't know where you put the blame on it, and we're not just going to be talking about the Kings. We're just focusing on them right now because I think most of our audience are Sacramento-based, and we're really passionate about the Kings. And so you know we're going to talk about for a little bit.
0: We, we need a minute to rent. <laughs> <laughs> Let us have this for but a second.
1: Where do you put the blame on it? Because when you hear quotes from the coaching staff or i think it's just mostly the coaching staff where it's like there's no urgency in it it's hey we're just happy to be here and we're learning a lot for next season it's
0: like no 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 we, we need you're, you guys to be good yeah. this season <laughs> yeah you're in the bubble what do you mean you need to be good for next season how about making King, a playoff push
1: kings fans we've been put down our throats every single year next season will be good It's on to next season. It's on to next season every single year. I just want one time where we can look forward to this year, right here. You know what? Let's play for the sixth seed. Let's play for the fifth seed. Let's move up into the playoffs. That's all I want. I don't care about championship aspirations. This team should not even be thinking about championship aspirations right now.
0: No. But you know what they should be thinking about? They should be thinking about hiring a new head coach because (sighs) – Luke Walton, I don't – and it's one of those things where – so the most the, the most drastic difference to me this season, between the Kings this year and, and last year, was pace of play. Just, you know, when they were playing under Dave Yeager, and was Luke hired last year or this? was this his first year? This is his first year. This is his first year, right. So with Dave Yeager, right, the Kings were playing just – absolute hundred mile an hour basketball. They were the fastest team in the league by far. Um and every and it and it was something that um became known throughout the league that season. Like the Kings were just fast. Um and I actually saw a thing from Dwayne Wade not too long ago.
1: I was just about, about to say that on the JJ yeah. Reddick podcast.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. he was talking about how one of the times he knew it was time for him to retire was when they were playing the Kings and they just saw how fast Buddy and especially De'Aaron were getting the ball off the floor. They were like he was saying how, you know, they would score and then, you know, Fox and Buddy would have a shot up within three seconds. And that is so hard to defend. And then this year, this year, it was just gone. I mean it showed up in spurts but they were they were not the same team. And mm-hmm. when you when you keep ninety nine percent of your same roster and you come back and you and you look at the pace of play, it has it definitely falls on Walton. That was a change in philosophy. That was a that was a strict change in philosophy that I don't understand I don't understand why it was made. Truthfully.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean I I'm I'm in the boat that Luke Under Luke Walton, the Kings definitely regressed this season, right? It can't all be put on him because... No. Unfortunately, I don't think Buddy and Bogey played well in the same game once this year. That's a good point. I don't think either of them had a good shooting game at the same time. Uh, Marvin Bagley was injured this whole season, and he was one of the guys that you would think would carry a big workload as the second overall pick a season ago, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So th- these are things that are out of Luke's control. He can't make guys make shots, but he also should be putting guys in the best position to succeed and maybe having Buddy Heald bring the ball up when he's one of the worst dribbling NBA players I've ever seen as a guard, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't fair. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> exaggerating a lot. I don't think he's the worst, but he definitely should not be dribbling the ball up and running the Kings offense, right? It should no. never happen. So it, it's just kind of weird how we've been told by Vlade that Dave Yeager was out because he didn't bring this team, this same exact team, to the playoffs. And then a year later, his hand-picked guy makes them go backwards. Yeah, And I guess that, that for me, is the main reason why I think Vlade and Peja stepped down. I think a lot of people are pointing to the fact that Luca is now bawling out of his mind, which we will get to. We will and, get to. And that's why Vlade stepped down. But for me, that isn't really fair because we have no idea how good Marvin Bagley is. Still. He hasn't played half a season no. in, in two years. We have no idea how good he is. So that's not fair to put that all on Vlade. Um, I just <laughs> think it's more towards his decisions of trades most of his trades haven't worked out i uh jason do you think the uh demarcus cousins trade worked out for the kings
0: well based on demarcus getting injured after that for as as severe as he got injured um and what he what he was after he got injured i think you have to take into account that fact all things being the same um Yes, in the sense that if he would have stayed, the Kings probably would have paid him a boatload of money. Then, like I said, all things staying the same, he would have gotten injured. Then you have an injured player under contract who's worth a butt ton of money who's not even playing for you. And then he came back and he wasn't—he was never the same player. Um, So in that sense, yes, they avoided a contract situation. But if you look at what they got out of it, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. They just ended up being a different team. Whether or not it's a win or a loss, I'm not entirely sure. But. I guess I guess it was a win, on just in the sense that he was—I don't know—he was just toxic for the team, um, and I think it was the right move at the time. And I don't think I don't think you make—I think you make that call real time with the Marcus Cousins saying this just is not working right now, um, and he's just being and he's toxic for our team, and you don't want those type of players in your locker room. Um,
1: does the uh, Buddy healed extension, does that look pretty good right
0: now? Well, it's one of those things where it was like probably not when you look at the other players that are in the league who are probably making the same amount as Buddy, but then at the same time, it's like, well, that's the only way that the Kings are going to get people, people of any relative talent to stay. Um, because the Kings aren't, they're not. A, first of all, they're not a big market. And, oh no,
1: God, no! They're one of the smallest. Yeah, maybe and, the second smallest. I think New Orleans has the smallest um, media market.
0: Yeah. So in that sense, it was like, well, you're going to have to overpay for everybody right now to get them to stay. Until you become some sort of some sort of semblance of a playoff team, they have to overpay for everybody. Um, so. No, because we paid him a lot of money, but did they really have another choice
1: I'm curious to see because Bogdanovich is going to be up pretty soon, and I'm assuming Vlade knew that that was going to be the case I'd be kind of worried if he didn't yeah um i of course he did. I mean, come on, but yeah so with that in mind, I would have been really curious to see how he handled this off season because if he re-signs bogey kind of feels like there wasn't really a plan. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know if the Kings are going to be the best they can be with having both of those guys making a bunch of money, taking up a lot of your cap. And one of them's got to be on the bench. Who would you rather have? Um, it kind of pains me to say I think Bogey has more upside. But I think I mean, Buddy has proven it for the Kings. The guys averaged close to 20 points for the last two seasons. Bogey has been super inconsistent. And yes. if, if you can get good value for Bogey, I think that would actually help the Kings a lot, which hurts because Bogey's my favorite player on the Kings. But
0: yeah, he's one of those guys that when he's cold, I mean, he can't, he could get the ocean He, goes he one hit the for ocean 15. from the beach. Yeah. He
1: went one for 15 in the bubble.
0: Yeah. Uh, he couldn't He couldn't hit the ocean from the beach, but then when he's on. He, he scores
1: 35 against New Orleans, the very next game.
0: Yeah, he won't <laughs> miss. Um, so he's, he's very streaky. Um, and I think at their, it's one of those things where who would you take at their best? And I feel like Bogey gives you more at his best than Buddy does. But at their, if you're just talking about like a mean of the two of them. Buddy is more consistent. Yep. Um, it's tough. It's tough because I like bogey more than I like Buddy. But yeah,
1: it's so. What did the Kings do from here?
0: They go hire Brett Brown.
1: <laughs> I, Jason, we are on the same way, guys. We haven't even talked about sports in the two weeks that we haven't done this podcast. And Jason has stolen two things that I was going to say already. What you're saying, yes, you need to. He's a proven playoff coach. He's didn't he? Um, he's from San Antonio. Yeah,
0: and he truthfully, coached... truthfully, I can't take credit for that because I did see the text that you sent to Bryson and Shohei. But as soon as you said it, I was like, "That makes a hundred percent sense." So I'm. Which... It was. It's actually Sam's idea, um, but uh, no, I a hundred percent agree. Hire yeah, you hire Brett Brown
1: hundred percent, bro.
0: We, I a hundred percent agree.
1: We can't judge Brett Brown because he had two superstars that games didn't fit. Are we really going to penalize? And they're two guys that got injured very often. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, I mean, Brett Brown. He was a coach of the year, wasn't he? I believe so. I think he was. He turned around. People forget that Philadelphia was worse in Sacramento for a bunch <laughs> yeah. of years pretty recently. Oh, they, they were winning were... like fifteen games a year. And he turned that team around.
0: Yeah. He was he was horrible. I mean not he was horrible. The seventy sixers were the laughing stock of the NBA. The seventy sixers were what the Browns were a couple of years ago. Mhm. Just the NBA version of them. So yeah, I think you get rid of Luke and you go hire Brett Brown because Brett Brown is going to get snatched up by somebody. He's too good of a coach, I think, to just be floating out there in the ether. Like he'll he'll get picked up somewhere. I imagine. Look at
1: the look at the available jobs right just right now. I wish Sacramento was one, but we're for the context of this conversation. Let's say Sacramento's an open spot. You have Brooklyn, who, man, you add KD Kyrie and Spencer Didwitty, and DeAndre Jordan, to Chris, Karis Levert, who looks like a stud yeah, he's a in monster. this league. And the Nets look probably the best team in the East. So that job looks very tasty. You got <laughs> the Knicks, who, I mean, they kind of don't know what they're doing, but it's New York, right? But they just hired a
0: coach. Oh, uh, did they? Yeah. Um, did they hire Tibbs? Um, hang on. What was his name? Oh, no, they went to the guy. It was a new guy. No. What? No, no, no. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? What was his name? Yeah, it was Tib. It was Tib. So, never mind. New York. Whatever. Oh, it was the GM. It was the GM. Mm. That was the new guy. My bad.
1: And you have New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So, if you're the Kings, you're easily the least likely spot for Brett Brown, who's a pretty established coach in this league to go to, yeah. you guys got to go in now and offer that man a boatload to come coach this team. hmm Simple.
0: And you don't even necessarily have to fire Luke. Yeah, you, you do. Can, I mean, you can – well, you can move him to a – He team.
1: doesn't want to be in Sacramento, mean Come on now.
0: I mean, yeah, but I was just saying hypothetically. But you don't have to, but it's probably smart that you should. Um Luke Walton, we're calling for your head. I don't know if you're going to hear this podcast, but. It sucks,
1: too, because Luke Walton seems like a really chill dude. He's actually he a does. really good um, beach volleyball player. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, if he wants to come on the podcast, I'd be all for it. I'd be down. He could rip us a new one because we have no idea what we're talking about. We have no NBA experience whatsoever, and I would take it.
0: Yeah, I'd be all in.
1: I'd so, be like, great. <laughs> let's move on from the Kings, man. That's too depressing. It really is. What Let's was get your – I just – hold on, hold on. I just want to get your overall feel for how these games have looked while you're watching with no fans. They have the virtual fans in the back. It's a smaller space. They got a bunch of camera angles going on. What? What is your feels of watching the games in this bubble so far?
0: I'm all in on it. I'm all good. Um, I mean, there is an aspect of you do – I think – I think the best way to describe it, it's probably way different for the players than it is for people watching at home, because with people watching at home, yes, you get crowd noise and you get to see the reactions of everybody. Like, you know, there was it was an it was really cool when Golden State was at their peak and you watch like Steph hit a big three in the fourth quarter and the place just erupts.
1: Dude, that um, wasn't cool.
0: Well, yeah, not for us, but you know what I mean.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> or. Or like, you know, just big crowds like that. It was it was fun to see that, but at the same time, right now they're pumping in crowd noise, so it's not. There's a constant level of noise, so there's really not mm-hmm. that much of a difference from the TV side. And if anything, there's just been more camera angles, like you said, which has been really yeah. cool. Um, and the sounds that they've been pumping in, some of the they've been able to become really creative with the noises that they're pumping in and the the songs that they have and the graphics that they have on all the cameras, the virtual fans and, or whatever. But
1: And I think there's a lot more uh, bench involvement too because they have to like, oh, bring yeah. the energy too, which is kind of cool to see. Like you get uh, Patrick Beverly and Paul George uh, <laughs> teasing a Dame, Dame when he missed the free throws. Like you wouldn't really get that or it wouldn't be as visible because they wouldn't be standing up like that in a normal exactly. NBA setting. Exactly,
0: so I, I'm all in on the, on the bubble. It, it really does. It, my dad was talking about it the other day. He's like, "Yeah, I got used to it really fast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: really fast." Because I mean, it's, I mean, when when there's not big plays happening during uh during an NBA game, it's just like a constant level of crowd noise and maybe a little bit of up and a little bit of down for the noise, and they can do that with artificial noise or just. I think what they've been doing is taking noise from the game, actually taking sounds from 2K. Um, yeah, yeah, they and, have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pumping it through the through that. So it's just, if you play 2K, then you're, <laughs> which I haven't in a long time, but all of us, uh, you know, not all of us, but, you know, for a lot of the guys out there, I'm sure plenty of us have either seen or heard the sounds of 2K, and it's mm-hmm. it's sounds fine. Yeah. So... Two K
1: does Two K does does a good job. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it's really not a distraction at all. No, like you're right. Like we just get used to it. You know what I love though, because this is such like a a sprint to the finish. We are just getting NBA action
0: every single day.
1: Like (laughs) the biggest games. Like it's so cool in the playoffs because this really hasn't happened in a while. I feel like where we're just getting big games happening like every single day because usually they like to spread it out for the playoffs because it traveled, but we're just getting
0: great games <laughs> it's just yeah. awesome as a sports fan. So going into, um, going into the, the playoffs, right? The seating right now, and I'm sure 99% of the audience knows who's in the playoffs right now, but in case you don't, um, the Western Conference is the Lakers and the Blazers, one and eight Rockets, and Hute, Rockets and OKC, um, fourth and fifth seed. Denver and Utah, three and six. Um, the Clippers and the Mavericks, two and seven. And then in the Eastern Conference, it's the Bucks, Magic, one and eight. Pacers, Heat, four five. Boston, Philadelphia, three six. Toronto, Brooklyn, two seven. So going into these playoffs, my picks for each of those coming out would have been the Lakers, the Rockets, Denver, Clippers, Bucks, Heat. Um. Boston and Toronto. Now, Boston and Toronto, um, Toronto sweeping Brooklyn, I
1: don't Mm -hmm. think that
0: was a surprise to anybody. But Boston sweeping Philly, Mm -hmm. that was a bit surprising.
1: Yeah. Boston looks, they look tuned up for this. They're a really scary team because you you forget there's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who are the guys that I really think stick out in people's minds. And then just out of nowhere, they have Kemba Walker, who has been probably a top 15 player in this league for the last three years. And then they have Gordon Hayward, who's going to be coming back. It's like this team is just
0: stacked. And they have a phenomenal head coach. Brad Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. babyface. face. <laughs> um, and is Marcus Smart still injured?
2: Um, I don't
0: know. I can't remember. He's still injured?
1: If anything, it won't check. be for very long.
0: Uh no, so he's playing right now too. So and he's been playing well, well too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're just from top to bottom. And the thing about Boston is that they're all young right mm-hmm. now. And they're they're not like nobody's out there on like minutes restrictions, nobody's out like lumbering around out there. They're just they're young and they're all Freaking fast. And they just play hard. Um, And God, they bullied Philly. Just bullied Philadelphia. Um, Poor Joel
1: Embiid, man. I know. He's just out there fending for himself against the Wolves, dude. Pretty much. He drops 35 and they get blown out by 20. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: what do you do? What do you do at that
1: point? (laughs) So the first
0: game was... 109 to to 109 oh, uh, to 101, and then I'm looking for the next one. And the next one wasn't even close. It was 128 to 101. Then the next game was a little bit closer, 102 to 94. And then the last game was 110 to 106. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there were relatively close games minus that one, but, I mean, still they just – it never felt – I don't know. I didn't really have a doubt that's after that first game, and especially after that second game, it was like, Boston is not giving up. They're not going to drop four games. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. Um, I didn't yeah. expect that to be a sweep, truthfully. But for me, for me, the biggest surprise so far has been the fact that Utah is up 3-1 on Denver. Mm-hmm. I, did, I would not have seen that coming at all. At all. Especially, and Sam mentioned this before the podcast, with Mike Conley being gone and no Bogdanovich. And they're still up 3-1. Now, give Donovan Mitchell credit for that because now he has two 50-point playoff games. But, I mean, Denver is just... Denver's... Denver reminds me of the Chicago Bulls from a couple years ago when they had Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, and that crew, where Mm -hmm. it's just like... They're just like a really tough, like, hard-nosed defensive team. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, like, kind of... Not necessarily low-scoring games like that Chicago Bulls team because obviously the league has changed, but they're just a team where you see them in the playoffs and you're like, it didn't matter like, oh, you know what? No, sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my thought back. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies from a couple years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A team where it didn't matter what seed they were in. If you saw the Grizzlies, you were like, ooh.
1: Grit and grind,
0: man. Yeah, like that's going to be a tough series. Like We may sweep the Grizzlies, but it might be two-point games every single time.
1: No, that's a very uh, that's a very good call. I mean, you have got a team led their best players, a uh, pretty good passing European center, Marcus Al like, and Jokic. And uh they have good guard play with Con uh yeah, Conley and then you got Jamal Murray for Denver. And they're just they're deep with a lot of guys that are yep. pretty much overachieving. And I feel like that's what Denver kind of is because they have like um They have Murray, who's great. They have Jokic, who's great. But, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has come out of nowhere and has been shining. Uh, They have... They're relying on Jeremy Grant to play Mm -hmm. well in big minutes. Uh, They have, like... Paul Millsap. Millsap, who's been a great player, but he's a little past his prime, and they're asking him to do a lot. They got uh, Craig, Harris. They just got, like, a bunch of... A bunch of athletes, and they just asked them to do a lot for him. Mm -hmm. And it seems like... Because their star is so willing to not be the focal point, it kind of seems like they lose direction in games. Like, in a close game, they'll just lose their way and be like, what do we do now? Where, like, the Lakers, LeBron will take over. Or the Clippers, Kawhi will be like, give me the ball, right? Or Utah. Donovan yeah, I was Mitchell. just about to say, yeah. Donovan Mitchell's saying, give me the effing ball, Rudy Gobert, because you gave me COVID, and move out of the way. <laughs> Denver, I mean, Jamal Murray's kind of like that, but he's not the focal point of that team, right? Jokic is. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, Denver has kind of an identity crisis because they have all the talent in the world. They, sh- they could be up 3-1 in this series and give credit to Utah because they've won close games. Well, they blew them out a little bit. But, yeah, they won uh, yesterday close. And they've been the better team so far against a probably more talented team, which is pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Um and at the very onset of these playoffs Portland beat the Lakers and Orlando beat the Bucks and I mm-hmm. thought it was funny everybody the day after going oh oh which which number 1 seed is is in the most trouble.
1: Yeah, and Dallas almost beat the Clippers.
0: Yeah, too in it the was first
1: game.
0: it was just hilarious to go like which Which team was in the most trouble? And I was sitting there, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Like, (laughs) like, do you really? Like, now I know Portland is not your average eighth seed. I get it, but they're playing the Lakers, (laughs) and I don't think under in in any in any Marvel Cinematic Universe because there are a hundred bazillion universes in Marvel. If the Lakers and Blazers are playing in any of those universes and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on that team, in zero scenarios, would uh, would Portland win? It's like the scene when Doctor Strange is trying to figure out when <laughs> the Avengers is going to win. It goes two million six hundred and fifty and whatever. Yeah, and there's 20... only one that we win. Exactly. That <laughs> That'd would be a...
1: be... <laughs> you need to get on that. That's a good meme. How many do, right. how many do we win as David <laughs> Lillard as uh, Iron Man? <laughs> One. <laughs> one. <laughs> when when that... Anthony Davis is balling out like this, how many times do we win? Just just once. Just once. <laughs> Any... which, which they're up 84-53 uh, to 53 right now as we're recording this, so they're going to be up 3-1 in the series. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then, so I guess in the sense of which number one seed was in the most trouble, none of them. But I guess if you were making me pick, I would have said the Lakers because, come on, is do you really think Orlando – is gonna beat nope. the Bucks? Come on, Portland's like- way
1: scarier than Orlando.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so I was just like, enough with this. Like, which number one seed is in the most trouble? They could, mm-hmm. I, they could have dropped two games, and I still would have said, nah, the Lakers are still probably gonna pull it out. The Bucs will still probably pull it out. I
1: think I would edge the Bucks as being in the most trouble because that second round. The Bucks really haven't looked like like what they looked like in the regular season, like they haven't really proven to the rest of the league that they're the best team in this league, right? They really haven't shown that so far, not in the playoffs, so and Miami is coming off a sweep of Indiana who was playing really well, and Miami's probably sky high right now. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be a tough matchup for Milwaukee to just come out. If they come out and just slaughter Miami, which could happen because they have one of the best players in the world and they have a really stacked team around him, mm-hmm. but they just need to go out and prove it. Because if they sleepwalk through what they've been doing so far in the bubble, they're going to get woken up by Miami. It's going to be a shock. Yeah, I think the Lakers because I think they, the Lakers took it a little more. Personally, of that Portland loss, because Portland is scary. You do not want to let Dame Lillard chuck up thirty foot uh, threes in your face and drop forty on you night in, night out. That's scary. That no. team is. That team was in the Western Conference Finals last year. That's scary.
0: Yeah, they're they're. Uh, I mean, they're not a championship level team, but they're uh, a. They're a team that's made deep playoffs runs before, and and they they know how to win in the playoffs. And their roster is relatively unchanged from last season. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. If if Milwaukee comes out and they come out flat against Miami, they're going to get thumped. Um. Because, like you said, I'm sure Miami is feeling great about themselves. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um. Mm-hmm next round they had a, a sweep in the in this first round against a higher seeded team now granted it was four five
1: but still and there's no there's no home court so seating doesn't yeah, super matter
0: exactly so in a sense like if you're miami and you 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 make it to the second round and even if you even if you take the bucks to six games i feel like that's a relatively successful season for miami and then you look to next season and go okay like how can we build off of that
1: Oh, for sure. Miami is a year ahead.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We had, like, people were not talking about Miami as being a contender in the East. And you have Jimmy Butler, who was, like, a locker room wrecker coming out of Philly and got traded to – or he signed with – or no, he he got traded to Miami. He signed and traded to Miami. And you had Bama Bayo come out of nowhere – and put up an all-star season. You have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who came out of nowhere as sharpshooters. They have, um, what is it, uh, Kendrick Nunn? Oh. The, the rookie point guard, yeah. who averaged like 20 this year. He came out of nowhere. So that team just, like, the the front office was like, I mean, let's see what happens. And then, oh, okay. We, we got something here. That's what it feels like for Miami this season. Whatever happens now is just great.
0: Yeah, um, let me see if I can find his name. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn, you're right. And then they and then they have Iggy,
1: right?
0: Just you know, like Andre Iguodala has been one of the most consistent players in the league for the past ten plus years, um, and fifteen, I believe, actually. Um, Drogic, who is a solid point guard, he's mm-hmm. not like an all star or anything, but you could do a way worse than Gordon Drogic. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and they have Myers, Leonard,
0: and let's not forget Center. they got J- they have Jay Crowder too, who's just a monster. Like he may not give you like twenty points a game, but he's kind of like that that stat stuff or kind of like um freaking ball kicker. Who I'm blanking on in what? Golden State. God, Draymond. God, Draymond. I haven't said his name in <laughs> ball so long. Kicker. <laughs> Testicle Hunter. Testicle Hunter. That's the name of the show now of the uh, episode test that's the name of the episode testicle hunter mr uh uh
1: uh, what is it um uh what's it he he said something about devin booker um i don't in the league find him what's it what's it called it's up to the t tampering he's uh
0: he's a (laughs) tamperer tamperer and then Kelly Olynyk, who's a solid player, and Derek Jones Jr., who's also a solid oh player. Oh my like, gosh, Derek
1: Jones Jr., bro! If that dude learns how to shoot, watch
0: out. It's yeah, that'd be tough. Um, and then I think we'd be absolutely silly to not talk about what we witnessed last night. Well, I mean, we can
1: could... can we say that say that for last? Just talk about the Houston OKC real quick.
0: Okay. Um, Houston and OKC being tied at two is a bit surprising. A bit.
1: From from which perspective?
0: From Houston, I feel like they're pl- It's so hard to say that they're playing down because it's a 4-5 matchup. Uh-huh. But I don't feel like the Thunder should be... And it's so tough because... Uh, Shay gillis Alexander is, is a great player. is a really great young player. Mm-hmm. Um, Danilo he's... Gallinari just, well, he torches the Kings every He's time
1: a professional day. scorer.
0: Yeah, he is. Steven Adams is a top five center in the league. Um, Kings should try
1: to get him, yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Chris <laughs> Paul is, you know, he's not what he was. But he was he's an still all-star. Chris Paul. Yeah, he's still Chris Paul. Dennis Schroeder is, kind of reminds me of a Patrick Beverly who can six score. man of the year. Yeah, who – like like a – he's – he's, he's – um, He's a poor man, Lou Will. I was about to say that. I was going to say mm-hmm. he's the Rockets' Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a good team. Like they really do, but I don't know. It just – it feels kind of weird, and I can't really explain why.
1: Well, I mean the biggest explanation is the fact that Westbrook is out for this playoff – for this I mean, series, yes, that's true. Which is a – I mean they're missing 25 points a game theoretically yeah. from Westbrook. I think I'm more shocked that Houston really has they dominated the first two games against OKC which is really shocking, especially cuz James Harden didn't play well in the second game. And they've played two close games against the Thunder so far which were either team could have won. I would be I'm more happy to see how Houston's playing in this series because I know that I can count on Danielle House Jr. I can count on Austin Rivers. I can count on Eric Gordon who's playing well. I you can count on Robert Covington. You can count on like all these guys are playing. Oh, and Jeff Green is looking and ben at a, McLemore. He hasn't played very well. <laughs> they they haven't played him as much. I wish they did, but I I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's he still made more more playoff points than any Kings player in the last decade, yep. uh, but
0: in the last decade, that's so sad.
1: There, Houston is just it's just a bunch of misfit toys that have like really meshed well together, and I feel yeah. like if you just shrug the fact that you lost these last two games to OKC, because either game could have gone either way, and you just say, hey, you know what? We win the next game, and we're Right back in front in this series. That's it. That's all you can do as Houston.
0: Yeah. And I get. And I guess you're right. I mean, well, not, I guess you are right in the sense that Westbrook being out is a huge thing. But I mean, I don't know. Still, I, I I didn't I didn't expect that. But you know, well. Oh, by the way, update on the Lakers game. It's 91 to 53 right now.
1: You think it's over?
0: I think it's safe to say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this. This headline: Will it be Dame time, or will it be LeBron take the throne in Game Four? I
0: guess I guess it's LeBron. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right, well, like, can we answer that now? Can I place my bet? <laughs> can I place my bet, Vegas? Oh, what was it? What was the
1: spread? I'll just take the over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you All sure? Right. No, I'm, I'm sure. Talk talk about your boy that cost a lot of his job. Oh man, I know he really did. Let's just let's just get it over with and. My goodness, my goodness gracious. I <laughs> it was so funny. My dad, who is a Kings fan and will cheer for the Kings, was downstairs watching that Mavericks game louder than I've ever heard him in a while not that I've ever heard him, but louder than I've heard him in a while watching Luca play because he was just first of all, he wants the Maverick he wanted the Mavericks to win. Um, that game because he wanted a longer series. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably gonna I get think, it. Well, yeah, which I which I agree with. But my goodness gracious, I was sitting there and I was. I mean, I I actually got to watch Luca play live because I got to I went to a Kings Mavericks game. Um, and watching him play was was really interesting because you watch him play. And you compare him to a guy like Fox, and Fox is just so lightning fast. And you watch Luca, and he's not lightning fast. But he, I don't know, he's just a really good, like, he seems to always know exactly what he wants to do and exactly how to get where he wants to get. And if something doesn't work out in his favor, then he already has two or three options in his head ready to go for when he's if, if he gets stopped. And he just looks like he's always in total control, which is scary for someone who's only 21 years old. He's our age, dude.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, you're
0: definitely older than him. And he's seven days old, older than me. Right. So it's just like you sit there and you watch him play. And at the end of the game, everybody knows. Everybody knows who the ball's going to. Mm-hmm. There's not a question. And I think his final stat line was, what, 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists?
1: Oh, did he have a trip, though? I think he did, yeah.
0: He he had a triple-double, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then to just take that shot that he did yesterday Mm -hmm. was – it was not a close shot. (sighs) He was – I mean, it's not like – it was funny because my dad when he put up that shot he was like, Oh, Luca and I'm sitting there I was like, That's exactly what he wanted. Well yeah, there was, there wasn't a lot of time left. Well yeah, there wasn't a lot of time. You could have taken there was three seconds left, so you could have hypothetically they were only down by one, I think. Mm-hmm. So you could have you could have hypothetically taken like one or two dribbles into like maybe the free throw line if you could get it and shoot a two. Yeah. But he got that ball, he went right, and he knew the whole time he was gonna come back left for that step back three. And we talk about Harden step back three all the time. <laughs> Luca, I mean, it was it was one of the most ballsy playoff shots I had seen, and he took it like it was nothing.
1: Even before Dallas has looked so good in this series.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you think
1: about game one, which we haven't gotten a chance to cover, so let's cover it real quick. I mean, Dallas was in control for most of the game, and then Kristaps Porzingis was ejected because he got two technical fouls, and then the tide naturally changed, and the Clippers took that, that game. Right? Mm-hmm. Simple. And then Dallas answers the next, the next game, and pretty soundly, with Kristaps, Luca was in foul trouble, but still put up a good game, and everyone else on Dallas was making shots, and they looked really good in that game, tied the series then Clippers come out, Kawhi balls out, Lou Williams balls out and they take that game pretty handily. And then to come up to this game with no Chris stops, so he's he's down his Robin and he came back from a 20 plus point deficit to even get this game to overtime and to have the balls to take that shot against arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. I know it was just against Reggie Jackson, but still, this dude put up 43 against one of the best perimeter defending teams we've ever seen in the NBA. It's just remarkable. at In his second year.
0: Yeah, and so Kawhi wasn't guarding him on that last play. Yeah, He started off guarding Luka, yeah, and got then switched. They, they switched that screen, which obviously they wanted to do But, man, I just got to think, if you're the Clippers, you got to tell Kawhi, just Juju not leave his side. Like, you – and you tell everybody else, like, if they get that screen, then you double Luka, and then you compensate for whatever's on the back end because you Mm -hmm. just got to make sure the ball does not get to him. So, first of all, the fact that they switched that and Kawhi was off of him was just, from a coaching standpoint, I didn't understand. Mm Um because there's there's no other guy in the league, I think maybe minus Giannis, but still, Kawhi is still the best perimeter defender in the league. You you want there's no other guy in the league you want guarding that last shot, right? Yeah. So and he gets switched off of him like it was nothing. You just tell Reggie Jackson, you know, obviously do exactly what you did. But Kawhi, you got to get through. And everybody else, you play the back end. And if we lose to somebody else, fine. But you know where the ball is going to go to. Go to so just make sure it doesn't go there, right? And let somebody else beat you. Let somebody else who's not Luca take that last shot. And just the fact that they, he got switched off of him as easily as he did, mm-hmm. I was I was very surprised. Yeah,
1: it is. It's weird how they've decided to because uh, Marquise Morris was pretty much the primary defender all night. And you think, well, I mean, Paul George isn't really doing anything. He's kind of taking a vacation. Why don't you just have him take Luca full court the whole game?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's. That, or, if you're a Clipper fan, you got to be kind of scared. And I know that, and I know you, Kawhi's got to do so much on offense. God, he had himself a game yesterday, especially in the fourth quarter in overtime. It seemed like he made every damn shot he put He's up. He's
1: been locked in. Yeah, this entire playoffs.
0: Yeah, he he's been he's been his normal self, and I know that you can't. I mean, I know there's the thought process of he's got to exert so much energy on offense because Paul George isn't doing anything right exactly. now. Exactly, and you don't want him to get, you know, throttled on defense and then throttled on offense. But at some point, you just got to say Kawhi. I I think, I, so I, <laughs> and I'll make this call right now. If the Mavericks win this next game and Kawhi's not guarding him in that fifth game. Kawhi's going to be on him the rest of the series.
1: I mean, I I would assume that Kawhi called up Doc Rivers or just talked to him after the game and was like, "Hey, I'm taking him next game. This shouldn't happen again."
0: Yeah, I I would I would hope I would hope that he has that in his personality and he seems like he would <laughs> um to just go like, "I just just give him to me. Like I don't I don't care anymore." Yeah. Um, because but, it's, two to, it's two to two.
1: But you do run the risk of then you lose Kawhi's scoring because it's just natural. If he exerts that much that much energy on defense, guarding the primary ball handler, he theoretically won't have as much to exert on the offensive end, right?
0: Yeah, so say he's putting up 35 a game, you'll probably get maybe what, like 25, maybe 27. A game. We'll just say that. Anywhere between like 25 and 27. So you're taking away 10 points. Where are
1: you hoping to get that <laughs> that scoring from? That You're point.
0: hoping Paul George shows up.
1: Well, it, he missed a wide open layup, dude. He's in his own head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he how, is. I don't know how you can <laughs> fix the guy at this point.
0: I, I don't know what his problem is. Like, do you need Lou Will to go for fifty? I mean, he's capable. I mean, he had a thirty-five point game or something like that yesterday. I just I don't I just, know what his exact scoring line was, but it was over thirty. I think he had, like, 36. I just
1: don't think the Clippers can afford to not have Kawhi run that offense because of how much they need him to put up those points. I mean, these games are all close, and he's dropping big numbers.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stuff. But who
0: do you have winning that series? I still think the Clippers are going to find a way to pull it out just because they're too deep and they have Kawhi. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, you go, well, the Mavericks have Luka. It's like, well, yeah, I get that too. But, you know, I still think think the Clippers are going to find a way to – I think the Clippers tomorrow are going to come out and I don't know if they're going to throttle the Mavericks, but I think they're going to come out pissed off that it's two to two. And mm-hmm. that they lost the way that they lost. Um, and I think they're going to take that personally. And I think Kawhi is going to take that personally. I think everybody on that team is going to take that personally. And they're just going to be pissed off and angry and be like, okay, you know what? Like, screw these guys.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do get the feeling that the Clippers have heard all this chatter, all this Luka praise. And they're just going to puff their chests out and say, hey, guys, settle down. We're We're here. We're supposed to be... Up for this championship, like you guys all just settle down.
0: They're gonna have this "are you not entertained" moment. <laughs> <laughs> just manhandle them. I think. I think they're gonna come out and just. I don't know if they're gonna absolutely like thump the Mavericks tomorrow, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna handle them.
1: And then who you have winning the Utah Denver?
0: Well, it's it's so tough because Utah's just got to win one more. They just got to get one more. Um. And I don't – and it's hard to come back from 3-1. I mean, could Denver do it? Sure. If Donovan Mitchell keeps playing the way that he's playing, then it's hard to not pick Utah. I feel like the safest pick is just to pick Utah at that point. Okay. Um, Just because they're up 3-1. But
1: But that's not who
0: I would have picked. Denver has the capability to come back. They do. They do, which is the scary thing. Mm
1: -hmm. But I think it's
0: it's got to be Utah. I'll tell you what though the loaded the most loaded side of the bracket is that three six two seven one between Denver Utah the Clippers and Mavericks. Whatever yeah. semifinal you got mixed mix and match those two teams those four teams was always going to be a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because either you get the Clippers and Denver, which would have been insane, or the Clippers and Utah, right? Or you get uh, hmm. vice versa.
1: I feel like the Clippers, Utah like the is definitely a uh, an easier matchup for for uh, L.A.
0: Yeah,
1: because yeah. theoretically they would only have to stop Donovan Mitchell, which is harder, easier said than done. But it's easier than trying to guard all of Denver's weapons.
0: Yeah,
1: and then Houston, OKC.
0: Man, I would really like to see the Rockets get kicked out in the first round.
1: Okay, you um, just letting your James Harden hate come in. It's all good.
0: I don't hate James Harden as a person. Okay, <laughs> 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 um, but I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cool seeing OKC ball out. Like I don't think I think you looked at all the teams in the West, and I think out of all the teams in the West they're the least impressive even compared to portland mm-hmm. just because they don't really have that that big name person i mean yes chris paul's there and yes stephen adams is there they have a lot of solid very very solid players mm-hmm. but you look at the teams that are in the western conference you go lakers lebron portland dame you know houston westbrook and um hearted denver Murray, Jokic, and then obviously the Clippers, and then obviously the Mavericks.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then you look at OKC and you're like, well, they just got kind of these guys who are above average players Mm -hmm. right now. And I would say the best position player on that team right now is Steven Adams. He's a top five player in the league for his position. No, he's not. But you don't think he's a top five center in the league? No, there's no way. Name five centers that are better than
1: him. Uh, Embiid, Jokic, Jokic. Carl Anthony Towns, uh Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis. But is um, Anthony Davis the center? Yes, he's a center dude.
0: He can play center and power forward depending on the lineup. Okay. Steven Adams doesn't play power forward.
1: Uh is Porzingis the center?
0: Uh probably, yeah, but I see personally me, I would take Steven Adams over Porzingis. Are you No, I'm serious. It's just a different style of basketball, and that's
1: okay. Hello? I'm just going to let you sit with that. Okay, that's
0: fine. Let's nice. move on. i okay
1: with that's that. That's ridiculous.
0: I'm okay with that. Oh. <laughs> I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> All right. We've talked about, talked about the NBA to death. We'll talk about it more in the coming weeks. It's just great to have basketball back, man. It really is. Uh, we needed it. Switch gears a little bit. You know what I want to talk about, Jason? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? There was a uh, a certain golf tournament that happened a couple weeks ago. It was. It was the first major of the year held in San Francisco's Harding Park. Won by a 23-year-old. The GOAT. Graduate from the Golden Bears,
0: Cal Berkeley.
1: Col- Colin Marikawa.
0: Did you watch all this? I watched a major, a big major chunk of it, but I didn't get to watch the whole thing. But did you watch at least did, the final one? I did follow round. it. I got I followed it more than anything else and I got and I caught snippets of it. So what give me a little bit what you were thinking of
1: happening. This is a little dated but again we haven't gotten to talk about it and we're a huge golf supporter here on the Nothing to Say podcast, so
0: hmm and, and a closet tennis supporter, too. But they're just not
1: doing anything. Like, we would be talking up the hoo-wah about tennis.
0: Oh, oh I know. Because <laughs> um, tennis is... Tennis, I love watching tennis. Oh, tennis, tennis rocks. <laughs> I love watching tennis. But come on, come on. I would watch PGA tennis championship. a billion oh, so. times hey, before baseball. Just focus? focus. Um, I'm focused. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you know we had this conversation a long time ago on this show on, Mm -hmm. is it good for golf to have all these very, very good golfers with no clear cut guy? And I don't remember what our, what our talks were. I think we said it was good for, I think I said it was good for golf. And I think you said having tiger, somebody like tiger was better. I
1: yeah, I think that's how it familiar.
0: Went. I think that's how it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I still stand by that. I still think that having all these guys and having somebody new uh, who can win these tournaments um, every single day is it's just exciting. Um, but that's me, and obviously that's just one opinion. Um, but man, you kind of, You watch. You, you watch this kid play. And you know for a while there were people who were talking about Spieth. and mm-hmm. Spieth hasn't really I mean he had that run for a while but he hasn't done much as of recent. Mm-hmm. And then right now it seems like the guy I think most people would point to as Kepka
1: mm-hmm. but then
0: on the other side you have DeChambeau, who's been playing really really well. Mm-hmm. Um And then DJ is always right there.
1: Mm, We'll get, we'll talk about him in just a sec.
0: Yeah. Um, Jason day has been playing well, but I don't think people talk about him as being the guy. Rory is scary in the sense that like he hasn't really won anything as of recent Mm -hmm. um, or anything. Well, he won the FedEx uh,
1: championships last year, but yeah.
0: Right. And yeah. And I I was, I guess I was just talking about a major. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, But he's also one of those guys where, you know, to put it in basketball terms, like, he could go off for 50 in any night. Yep. Uh, The dude has
1: probably the most talent out of anyone on the field. Yeah. Collectively. Um, It's just whether all of that, all of the parts show up.
0: Yeah. And Justin Thomas is a solid golfer. He's either really good or really bad. Um, Well, he's number two in the world. Yeah. And when he's really good, he's really good. Um, Phil's still playing and it's fun to watch Phil and Tiger still playing. And it's obviously fun to still watch Tiger. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good golfers out there. And then you had this, like, just this little, this little kid, this, this Lace, little he's kid, he's probably taller
1: than you. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. But, but in, in comparison to everybody else, you just got, this you just got this 23 year old.
1: Yeah.
0: Who's just coming out there and just wiping people.
1: He doesn't doesn't hit it long. He just hits nope. it straight and really good ball striker. Yep.
0: Wow. He's got such a such a smooth pretty swing.
2: Mhm.
0: Eff- uh, effortless. Yeah. So effortless. And he, I mean he's not he's not like Sam said, he's not like D He doesn't bomb the ball down the middle of the fairway, but I mean you don't need to.
1: Yeah, I think that's, so going back to that conversation, which was one of my favorite segments that we did um, in that first year of the podcast. I think that was like episode two or three that we really talked about that. This could be the dude. Right, that
0: was the point I was trying to make.
1: Which, yeah, it's good for golf that we have all these dudes, but I think when you have the dude who everyone tunes in, hey, like, How's that Murakawa guy doing? That's just good for golf. That is the best thing for golf. And this dude, which eh, you don't really want to overhype one major win, but he's been on tour for two years now. He has three wins, he had 20 straight made cuts. This is no fluke. The dude is here to stay, and he could be what (laughs) he could be the next generational player that we see in golf could be Mm -hmm.
0: and you know it's funny right now i feel like the sports world has is in a really interesting time with uh their superstar players and the reason why i say that is because you look at the next you know for the nfl it's been tom brady and peyton manning right Mm -hmm. as like the guys yeah Okay. Well, it looks like Patrick Mahomes is now the guy. Oh, he's. So the NFL just guy. just got introduced to their next guy. Yeah. And even Lamar Jackson. Yep. It just got in, just got introduced to their next guy. The NBA. So obviously, and we're actually, I believe today is Kobe Bryant's birthday. So, mm-hmm. um, which we have mentioned. So you know, obviously, uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Um,
1: and and Lamar's, everyone else that. Um... Yeah,
0: in GG, and, and passed everybody away that was day. on that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kobe Bryant was the guy for a long time, and the NBA went from you know MJ and Magic to LeBron and Kobe, and even even in between that, like that Spurs dynasty, um, and then they moved on to the Warriors, and then now it looks like Luka's going to be the guy. Um, Whoa! And so, then it so, so, now slowed down a little bit. <laughs> No, I'm – what do you mean slow down? <laughs> Bro, you're going to
1: – you can't put Luca as the next face of the NBA. We got to see a I'm little not, bit.
0: No, I'm not saying that he's going to necessarily be the next face, but you have this young star who has, like, the potential to be this guy. Okay. Um, okay. And, and then you have – and then you have golf now with Marikawa, who is just like, you know – has the potential to be this next guy, yeah. Um, and in these in these major, and I can't really give credence to like a baseball. You would know more than I would. Well, you got um, Mike
1: Trout. He's still
0: young. He's going to be there for a while. It's all good. Mookie Betts just signed a ridiculously long contract as and well. He's so Mookie's out. still young. Yeah, Mookie's still young. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in the major sports leagues right now, you have these young guys who are like it feels feels like. It's a really good time in sports for young superstars because it feels like in each league, they're starting to become someone who might be taking the league by storm.
1: Yeah, you have young talent taking the stage as the whole world has been waiting for sports and now young talent is just coming up and shining. It's really good to see for all sports. I mean, talking about Marikawa, he's such a good personality for the game to get behind too. Yeah. he's just got this big smile he's so honest and like just down to earth it's like he's one of the boys that's just laughing with guys and he's straight out of college so he's just young and very mature for his age but still like um i think he's still young enough to be like really enjoying the process of the tour and it's not like he's not taking it super seriously it seems like like he's Just out there to make friends, and he still seems like he's in awe of all the talent that's out there. Playing
0: golf, like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and he's just going out there and he's playing around on Thursday, and it just happens to be on the PGA tour.
1: And the dude just oozes confidence, too.
0: Yeah, he does. And I think for me, like, and I know that Brooks. I mentioned it on the show. Like Brooks was is my favorite golfer on tour right now. Um, But in terms of personality, you talk about. Morikawa being like a good personality for the game to get behind I don't as much as I love Brooks and I love Brooks because he he sort of I don't know he sort of looks at the game the same way I look at the game I feel like
1: for me he's
0: a really good personality to get behind but in terms of golf in and of itself I don't know if he's the best personality for golf to get behind Mm -hmm. um especially after coming off a guy like Tiger um and filled to an extent. Um, So yeah, more I just, it feels like he might, he might be the, he might be the guy.
1: And we, we just saw this last weekend, a man that had, was running on all cylinders, just flying on the golf course, tearing up the field in Justin Johnson, who goes 30 under par for four rounds. He had around yeah. two 60, 13 under. Uh, yeah. 13 under. And then he follows that up. He cooled off a little bit. He only went for seven under the next day. And then, yeah, he just, you know what? He, he was already in the lead by five strokes and he just mailed it in, went for eight under the final day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was utter domination that we've seen. And this dude, We're talking about the guy that was a runner-up to Marikawa in the PGA Championship, and he won a tournament already this year. So he's got two wins and a runner-up. And it looks like Dustin Johnson is – he's the world number one right now, and it looks like his game is tip-top shape.
0: Yep. And he's like the golf version of Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) That's a – that is a great – Great comparison. He looks right? like Smith too. Right? That's what I'm saying.
1: Just takes care of business, man.
0: Yeah. Just ho-hum.
1: Like, I mean, cool.
0: Yeah, he's just very relaxed. Big, tall guy. Got the short hair, that, like, scruffy beard. And just kind of seems like the same personality. Just kind of goes out there and, like, yeah, R-E-L-A-X. <laughs>
1: he's, like, he's like an MLB pitcher where – He'll throw a hundred right by you, and he won't talk talk shit or anything. He won't stare you down. He'll just take a stroll around the mound and then ask for the catcher to give the ball back, and he's right back in it.
2: That's he's what it
1: looks mad, like. He's Madbum, right? Uh, Madbum's mad got some, mm, a little mean to
0: him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like when he was. Yeah, when he's time, throwing darts. But, yeah. But DJ's just
1: pin hunting. It looks yeah. like so far. It's just cool to see for golf. That's our golf talk. Uh, we'll talk about it when the U.S. Open comes in a uh, couple weeks.
0: But, yes, we got through it. Update on the Lakers, 112-87. to 87. Even though by the time this podcast gets released, the game will already be a day old. But still, it's happening. You're welcome. It's break, breaking news. Breaking news as of right now. We might be the only show lively covering it right now. We cover it first. Oh, uh, absolutely. All right. Well, big. I feel like the next big sports thing to talk about would be the NFL, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, the big news that came out of the NFL was the. Uh... Well, actually, no. You go ahead. You you go ahead. You
1: first off, the biggest thing because we haven't even covered it. NFL is back teams are in training camp. The last podcast we did, I didn't think teams were... uh, They weren't even meeting yet. No. Right? So, teams are back in training camp. They're all... uh, COVID uh, precautions are set in place, and uh, this training camp is going to be really short because it's only about less than a month before the regular season starts because there's no free season games. And... A heavy AFC powerhouse in the Baltimore Ravens takes kind of a big hit to their defense when yep. they release all-pro, probably all-decade safety in Earl Thomas because of an on-field altercation and some other stuff. But let's talk about the hit that that's going to have to Baltimore this season.
0: Yeah, Earl Thomas is uh, probably, I mean, I think exactly what you said, uh a gener- he was a generational type safety. He was a part of the Legion of Boom and um, was the anchor, probably, of Legion of Boom and, and on the back end. Cam Chancellor was obvious. Cam Chancellor was scary.
1: Um, <laughs> he, there's a- he, made, he knocked some people out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but so would Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas is, like, <laughs> freaking if... Cam Chancellor was a tank bullet. Earl Thomas was a fifty cal coming out of a sniper. It was just like they both, they both would just wreck you. And Earl Thomas was is great in coverage too. He's a phenomenal mm-hmm. safety. he could be. I mean, I think you could argue him as being like the best safety in the league potentially. Um, um, if he's not yeah. the best safety in the league, then he's definitely top five. I can't, I can't um, think
1: of any off the top of my head right now.
0: Yeah. Oh. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, there are certain positions in the NFL where you go, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. losing this guy may not be too bad because of, that's not a super gigantic on field, um, importance. But if you have an anchor in the secondary with a good safety, mm-hmm. I mean, that helps your defense out a lot. Yeah, covers covers
1: up a lot of potential pitfalls for a team. Yeah, maybe
0: does Earl Thomas being gone mean that the mean that Seattle is going to I mean not Seattle. I'm sorry. Baltimore. That Baltimore is going to lose um, you know, two more games now? Ah, probably not, but there are probably going to be certain situations in the in games now where you go, damn, it'd be really nice to have Earl Thomas out on the field right now.
1: Yeah. And he just brings that confidence too, because you know that dude has won a Super Bowl, and he's been doing it for a decade at the highest level. It's just like, oh, well, we got Earl Thomas back there, and we got Marcus Peters on one side, and Marlon Humphrey on the other. It's like our sec- their secondary was the best in the league.
0: Yeah, you you had what it what it did for you was it allowed you not to necessarily worry about that side or that area of the field. You go, no, 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 he's got it.
1: Yeah, he's just he's playing got, center like, field.
0: Yeah, like, Double like off. don't worry. Like, don't worry. He's got our back. But It probably would have allowed your corners to play a little bit more aggressive because they yeah. know they got some top help. Yeah, they
1: can press up on yeah. guys and really st- stick them at the line of scrimmage for sure. Ex- exactly. Well, it's, have you heard about the exact incident?
0: No, it was brand new to me, uh, like, yesterday. So, apparently during
1: practice, um, and there's some back brown stuff that who knows is true but has been reported uh earl thomas apparently missed an assignment and he decided to blitz just randomly during a play and the guy that he's supposed to cover went off for a 50-yard touchdown right
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay that happens and then one of the other safety calls him out on it and he was livid he threw off his helmet And then Earl Thomas decided to punch him. And then that turned into a whole skirmish. And then he ends up getting released after that.
0: And I think he's going to sign with Philly now, right?
1: Oh, is that the lead?
0: That's the rumors.
1: Either that or, I mean, Dallas would be really into him. If, for the Raiders, would you want them to pick up Earl Thomas? 100%.
0: 100%. I think you'd be... I think you'd be dumb not to to want that. I
1: kind of get the Antonio Brown vibes from him, dude
0: maybe maybe, but i Earl Thomas is not the same as Antonio well
1: Brown. listen, he apparently showed up late to meetings all the time with no reasons. He had missed walkthroughs, just completely skipped them. He would not follow plays he would just decide to do whatever he wanted on certain plays. And he wasn't the biggest, like the most popular guy in the Baltimore Ravens locker room for some reason. And we saw mm-hmm. how the Seattle experiment ended with him, where he flips off Pete Carroll as he's getting carted off because of his—he uh, injured his leg. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary stuff. If I'm the Niners GM, it would be great to have the player Earl Thomas. Just if I get him yeah. on Sundays and he's playing at peak, that oof, that might that put San Fran, I think, above New Orleans clearly in the NFC. I
0: think so. But do you really want that headache? You know, it's you know, some coaches have a way of getting to people, and I guess it'd be one of those things where if you feel like you have the right coach in mind, I mean, in play, then you and you feel like you could get to him, then you go after it. John Gruden has a Loves veteran players. Mm -hmm. Loves veteran players. Um, And I feel like he might have a way of of getting to Earl. Um, And you talk about, well, he didn't get to Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, but Antonio Brown's a head case. And I know that Earl Thomas might be a little bit of a head case, but he he, he doesn't strike me as the same head case as Antonio Brown. Nobody is the same way as Antonio
1: Brown. (laughs) Oh, and I totally forgot. Didn't we cover this, I think, on the podcast? When his, uh, in Earl Thomas's, I think wife or fiance, she thought he was cheating on her. So she like, oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, pointed a gun at him. Yeah. When she caught him cheating. That, that also happened. Just, Mm -hmm. just the right. I mean, that's kind of like personal life. So though, who knows? I'm doing some,
0: I'm doing some reading right now. And Dallas is also the other team, like you mentioned that. Yeah. Talking about maybe signing him. Mm -hmm. I saw something about Philly earlier. I don't know if that was a rumor, but I saw Philly more than more than once.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Philly and Dallas, that'd be interesting.
1: It makes uh, sense because theoretically, you're going to get them on the cheap.
0: Now you are, yeah,
1: yeah. Like you're going to get an all-pro safety with
0: for just, comfortable margins. Yeah, yeah.
1: But do you or chump change
0: for the NFL? Do you want? Do you want
1: Mark, Mike McCarthy, your new head coach, to have to deal with that?
0: I oh, don't know. Yeah. It's oh, a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Um. So, <clears throat> I feel like we've talked a lot about sports. Yeah, we can, we can talk get... about something else. Yeah, you want to jump? You want to jump into it? Let's
1: let's just dive in head first.
0: All right, head first. Um. So, <laughs> I've mentioned this a handful of times because we don't talk about entertainment as much as we led on to in the first like five episodes of this entire series. We
1: thought we were going to be like 70, 50, 30. 50. Oh, I don't,
0: no, yeah. no, not 30 right now. Well, okay, well, anywhere from 50, 50 to 70, 30, yeah. given, given any given episode. Um, and it's really turned into like 95, 5. Um, but there was some big movie news that happened uh, just recently. It was really yesterday. Um, DC Fandom happened and with it Came a shiitake mushrooms, ton of um, DC news, and so we'll just we'll just go down the list. We had the Black Adam teaser, mm-hmm. which was not necessarily a teaser; it was more of a monologue from The Rock and some animated like pictures of him in the suit, um, which was cool um, because Black Adam is going to be an interesting character to see uh, up on screen. And then you had the Suicide Squad sort of behind the scenes slash trailer. Which Sam put uh, brilliantly yesterday. Which which actor in Hollywood isn't in Suicide Squad? Bro, it's crazy. It's insane the amount of people that are in that movie. Mm -hmm. And if there was a, then you couldn't have picked a better director to do this Mm -hmm. movie. Um, and that was such an interesting trailer, just because it was behind the scenes slash like a trailer. And wait, do you want to talk um, about
1: Suicide Squad first?
0: I mean, we can. I only have like fifteen percent battery on my phone, so we probably got another twenty five minutes. Oh, um, so I know this battery. Uh, so for those of you, I didn't mention I'm actually outside sitting in a hammock. Um, yeah, I
1: think you can hear your hammock um, rubbing against the mic at some part, but that's fine.
0: Uh, well, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to uh, to try to film a podcast with my computer in my lap, my phone on the computer, and then sitting on a hammock, which I. I, bananas <laughs> must be really bananas must be really uncomfortable. But I feel like if you're a banana, you're just laying in a hammock all the uh, time. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, or if this is what caterpillars feel when they're in the cocoon, then it's life sucks. Um oh my I man. like hammocks, but not for not for this long, or not for filming a podcast. Um. So I'll just, I'm just gonna re- go down the list and let yeah, us yeah. pick and choose which one we want to talk about. So we got Suicide Squad, right? Then we have. then we had the wonder woman trailer Mm -hmm. which we got to see our first look at cheetah
1: Mm -hmm. Um, christian wig
0: yeah which was interesting
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah you know when you talk about villains in a movie i don't think christian wig would immediately come up as oh yeah she could play and then
1: the the main guy is the mandalorian yeah yeah
0: who pablo pascal Mm -hmm. pedro pascal Mm -hmm. Pedro, very good actor Yeah. yeah love him love him um And then, so the next one was going to be the Justice League Snyder Cut full trailer. And good Lord, does that look like a drastically different movie (laughs) on every sense. And the thing about that movie is it's going to be, so for those of you who don't know, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, uh, was a three hour plus movie. And actually they came out with an extended cut on Netflix, which was released um, kind of as a series. It was four one hour parts. Um, and the Snyder cut is doing the same thing. Movie's four hours long. Um, and they're going to release it. I don't know if they're going to do it like, uh, we're going to release one part this time and one part, I think it'd be stupid to release them all separately. We've all been waiting for this for so long. Just give it to us. Mm -hmm. Um, but regardless, it's going to be four one hour segments, um, which is going to be amazing. And it just looks so much different um than the original version um and then last but certainly not least well actually there was a trailer for a gotham knights uh game that's coming out which mm-hmm. i think for i played all of those games and for somebody who adores that series and thought it was over um it's it a nice little like whoa didn't those are really well made
1: i think the, the stories of those have always been really good
0: mm-hmm. and the gameplay has always been so fluid and it's just it's probably my favorite series of all time, um, with one of my favorite movie characters of all time and superheroes of all time. And speaking of that said superhero, then there was the surprise of Matt Reeves' Batman trailer, which I think was rumored to happen, but didn't know if it was actually going to happen. And sure enough, it did. And good God, the world lost its mind Mm -hmm. um, with this trailer. Uh, So we can sort of pick and choose whichever one you want. Uh, But, man, I... I think the two biggest things for me were the Snyder Cut trailer and the Batman trailer.
1: Well, just really quickly talking about Suicide Squad. The fact is, this is a... Is it a sequel, or are they just coming out and saying it's a reboot?
0: I've heard some people say sequel, and I've heard some people say it's just a reboot. I don't know.
1: Because it's got Margot Robbie, Silla's Harley Quinn, and it's got... um, the
0: jay courtney
1: as boomerang again well they have viola davis as amanda waller still and they have um joel kinnaman um playing in the same role so i guess it's a sequel
0: rick flag yeah yeah or it could be a prequel i know it's a sequel but i i don't know i thought it was a i thought it was a reboot
1: because it's with a new director
0: yeah it's it's weird i don't I don't 100% know. Right. Um, but it's just cool looking down the down the list of Idris
1: Elba's in it, which is really cool. Yeah. Margot Robbie's in it. Viola Davis is in it. Uh, Pete Davidson is in a superhero, <laughs> superhero movie, which is kind of weird. John um, Cena. John Cena's in it. And his character He's, looks really funny, too.
0: He was talking about, like, the asshole version of Captain America. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Nathan um,
1: Fillion's in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, Jim. Just the, the trailer is pretty much just like an introduction to all the characters that are in it. And I was watching that. I was like, are, they're just going to keep going, introducing all these characters that are yep. in it. I mean, it's like a, the, the Suicide Squad I didn't know was like, I don't know, 30 deep, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it looks really good. I mean, uh, uh, James Gunn. Right? I didn't didn't mess. Yeah, Yeah, James Gunn, who's the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, he's going to be perfect for it.
0: Yeah, talk about ensemble uh, type movies, superhero type movies. Like, he's got a good track record.
1: Yeah. And this one looks uh, really. I'm assuming it's got to be funny. It's got to have some humor in it, but it also looks really action packed with some huge explosions.
0: And God, I hope it's right in R.
1: I, apparently it's supposed to, they were they were like pitching it, like a, a superhero war movie. Yeah. Which kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I hope it's rated on. I mean, it's going to
1: be it's, yeah. it's 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 going to be better than the original Suicide Squad. That's what it has oh, going for it.
0: God, yeah. Even though the trailer for that original Suicide Squad was one of the best trailers we had I had seen in a long time and then the movie just boom.
1: Yeah. So it's got yeah, that going. So Expectations
0: are low. I mean, the Batman. That was big news coming out. That was huge. And there was – we weren't even sure we were going to get that trailer. Uh-uh. Um, so the thing about this Batman thing that I've read is that this is a year two Batman story. Um, and it doesn't take – it takes place – It well, it's not part of the DC uh, universe right now. Or right, they just have come out and said it's not part of the DC universe. Okay,
1: so like, there's not going to be a Justice League made with Robert Pattinson. I
0: also also read that in this universe that the that this movie's take Joker doesn't exist. Okay. Um, Or at least, if he doesn't exist, um, currently he doesn't exist, and I don't know if he doesn't exist yet or he doesn't exist at all. Um, But I also read that this movie is taking is um uh, it's the villains in this movie they're the villains before they fully become like their iconic self so you're getting the riddler before he was like the riddler and you're getting catwoman before she was catwoman and you're getting the penguin before he was like the penguin yeah um, which by the way that is colin farrell um who's driving is the, the penguin is the penguin and is the guy in the car who says that guy's crazy. That's him. He doesn't look the same and he doesn't sound the same, but that's because of all the prosthetics he has on him.
1: I wonder who's play- who is playing the
0: Riddler. Um, okay, so <laughs> have you seen the movie There Will Be Blood? No. Shoot, okay. So I'm not going to be able Just, to what,
1: – What's the actor's name?
0: I don't know uh, his name off the top of my head. But I'll look it up because he was he was a big part of that movie. Um, it's a really good choice for that character. Um, Paul, uh, oh, Paul Don- oh yeah, yeah, I just see that. Yeah, 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 okay, I've never seen him. Good choice for the Riddler.
1: Jonah Hill
0: was supposed to be the Riddler. Uh, he was rumored to be the Riddler. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that would be kind of
0: funny. It'd <laughs> be really weird.
1: <laughs> but, wait, wait, are you
0: are you Penguin? No, I'm the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> Um, oh. So the big thing, I think, for Batman especially is his voice. What does he sound like? And we got mm-hmm. Batman talking a little bit. Said, do, do you Batman. buy it? At least based in that moment, yeah.
1: Do you like the appearance?
0: I do like the suit. Um,
1: I, I'm not a big fan of the suit.
0: It, it's, <laughs> I actually think it's the worst out of the three between Bale and... Uh, Batflak? Um, and, yeah, flag Bat- Bat- and <laughs> Patterson. I think it's the worst out of three. I think Christian Bale's Batman suit is just... It's amazing. Yeah. This one looks like uh, Pattinson like, can't move in it. Well, you say that, and then you get to one minute and 38 of the trailer, and he just beats the living okay, yeah. shit out of that guy.
1: Which looked a lot like... Um,
0: the video game.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Which was super overkill. Like he knocked him out with two punches, and then he just oh, keeps know. destroying the dude.
0: <laughs> it was so great. Um, and I think, and you know, people talk about Batman not killing, and he—I don't think he obviously kills that guy. But I, in the game, for those of you who didn't play the game, the Batman in those games, when he's fighting thugs, beats the living shit out of everybody. Like he's cracking femurs, he's cracking. Every single bone that he can get his hands on gets snapped. Um, And he's just throwing... You just continue to throw these haymakers. And it was like, yeah, this is... And I guess as somebody who played those games as a kid and then up through just like two, three years ago, that was one of the Batmans that I grew up with um, that is a version of Batman that I grew up with. And I love it. I love a Batman who is just... Beating the snot out of uh, people. Because I feel like it adds to the whole being afraid of Batman. Right. Um, because you know he's just going to punish you. He's not going to kill you, but he'll punish you. Um, and which is part of the reason why I love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man so much is because you compare him to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And Tom Holland, he's a great fighter, but he's, he's way better at using... Uh, his webs than toby was in the movie because toby didn't i don't think really got a chance to to do that um but toby was not afraid to throw a punch um that last fight with him and the green goblin in the first movie is a brutal superhero fight um and yeah i just that part of the trailer uh for the batman when he just beat the snot out of that guy i was like okay so this is a hint to what type of Batman we're going to be getting. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. also supposed to be a a detective head movie, so we're going to see a a lot of detective work, which is going to be really cool. Um, Something we haven't necessarily seen in super detail. Bale did a lot of it, but I don't think, they're making it sound like it's going to be way more than that.
1: Yeah. So my phone's about to die, I think yours is too. Um, Yeah. Just really quickly, Snyder Cut.
0: Looks like a totally different movie. I'm super excited for it with Black Suit Superman. Come mm-hmm. on. And then... Uh, it, was, it was
1: crazy to see, like, different, like, shots that weren't in the original. Like, most of the trailer was shots that weren't in the original.
2: mm
0: mm-hmm. And, um... What's his name? What's the what's the head bad guy's name? Steppenwolf? Darkseed. Or Darkseed and Steppenwolf. They're introducing Darkseed, but yeah, Steppenwolf.
1: But they, they changed his look. Steppenwolf's look.
0: Yeah, the original. They, they gave look.
1: him armor and stuff, right?
0: Yeah, and these way bigger horns, mm-hmm. and he just looks—he looks cooler.
1: And they—they, I—I think they're really—I think they changed the Flash too, a little Cause bit. Yeah, because I didn't really understand why the Flash wasn't like heroic at all no. in um, in the Justice League, and then right off the bat in the first scene that we see him, he's saving someone,
0: yeah.
1: which is cool to see.
0: He was kind of a dork. Yeah, who just happened to be fast.
1: Which I, I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know how they're going to put a movie together because it's not like they can reshoot. No, because Ben uh, Ben Affleck isn't under contract, and
0: actually, he just signed on to do the Flashpoint movie.
1: Did he he's, really?
0: He's coming back.
1: That's sick.
0: Yeah. So is, we're gonna uh, have. Is Cavill still under contract? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but he's, but Ben just signed on to do the Flashpoint movie, and I think Michael Keaton is rumored to be in that movie as well, because it's a Flashpoint kind of time travel movie.
1: And like different um, universes. Yeah, different. So, uh, yeah. so we
0: may have three on-screen versions of Batman within the next year and a half.
1: Well, I mean, we have two Jokers right now. Um, we have two Flashes because of the TV show. And it's just natural. It's just today's day and age.
0: Yeah, it just happens. So, Alright, man. But that was...
1: I mean, DC fandom paid out for movie I camps. know.
0: What's up, Marvel? Your turn. <laughs>
1: and another movie that put out, I think it's final trailer, was uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenant, which looks like an absolute mind F.
0: Yeah, and it's screened overseas. Um, and it's getting really good reviews, but I read a review saying it's not Nolan's masterpiece. So I don't so it's think not it's
1: not Inception, it's not Interstellar.
0: I don't yeah, I don't think it's from what I'm reading or, it's not uh, going Dunkirk to be too. See, people love Dunkirk and I was just meh Bro, visually it's pretty crazy. Visually it was amazing. But the movie itself I was just I was okay. I don't think from what I've been reading, it's not going to be Interstellar and it's not going to be um, Inception, but It'll be, it'll, it's shot for that and it'll be close, but it's not going to be those two.
1: It looks good. And it's, who's that? It's, uh, James, David,
0: John, is it John David Washington?
1: He's Denzel Washington's son.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a good actor. He was in, uh, the Ku Klux Klan movie, the Black Klansman. Yes. And he was good in that. And then he's he's been in Ballers and he's been uh, good in that too. So.
0: And then Patterson again.
1: Pattinson. Yeah.
0: Oh, Patterson. <laughs> Patterson, my bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All in. All in on Tenant, And there's no CGI in that movie. It was all practical effects. Um,
1: I don't know how they're going to do the whole it's going forward in time, but it's going backwards in time, catching bullets, stuff. I didn't get it at all.
0: I don't think we're supposed to yet. I think, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just, a, it's just a trip. He's just on like a, a lucid dream.
0: <laughs> yeah. The end in the movie wow that was crazy <laughs> John
1: John wake up huh. Tenet, uh, tenet. <laughs> you've been what, in a what coma what are
0: you talking about <laughs> Tenet what the hell <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden he says Tenet and then the, noc- the nurse gets stabbed and then he wakes up again and it was like a two Inception type dream and the movies are connected love it Leo right. Leo comes out of nowhere welcome to Inception this is it's a everybody- dream inside a dream Everybody just loses their mind. <laughs> oh my
1: god! And then it shows uh, Matthew McConaughey looking from a different dimension. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god, that's that's my daughter right there,
0: standing right behind him."
1: All right, all right, man. Well, oh man,
0: I think we got it. I think we're forcibly supposed to end it now. I think so too. Unfortunately, but we will be back either later this week or. Uh, sometime next week we're going to get back to a set schedule. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always, we think it was episode 56. <laughs> um, Ew, something like that. <laughs> you know, something like that. And we're uh, we're heading into year two of the podcast. So uh, thank you guys so much for sticking with us, and
1: uh, let's keep this rolling. Thank you so much, guys, if you stay with us this long, and we promise we'll be better. <laughs> in, the coming, in
0: the coming weeks, I feel like that's a good way to put it. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> Absolutely, it's uh, we're learning as we go. So, yeah. um, thank you guys so much, and we will see you very soon.